Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Great Fail listeners. Today, I'm proud to announce that the Great Fail podcast is joining the brand new Adweek Podcast Network, part of the ACAST Creator Network. This is a tremendous honor and accomplishment for our indie podcast as we were chosen by Adweek to be a part of a select group of podcasts that they have launched their network with. I am truly humbled and grateful for this opportunity, and it really would not have happened without the support of thousands and thousands of loyal listeners like you who tune in each week to listen and share our episodes. To all of you, I say thank you. And for those of you who don't know Adweek, they're the leading source of news and insight that serve the brand marketing ecosystem. And with their global presence and thought leadership with brands, executives, and creatives, I couldn't have dreamt for a better partner for The Great Fail. As such, during this transition this week, we will be playing a fan favorite rerun on the rise and fall of MoviePass. If you haven't heard it, you won't want to miss it. And starting in two weeks, we'll be bringing you a new slate of episodes, more scandals, more management mishaps, and more corporate flops. As always, we're in the service of you, our listeners. Please drop an email to deborah at thegreatfail.com if you have a great fail you want us to cover, or if you have a funny business flop of your own that you'd like to share. Lastly, remember folks, with great failure comes great liability. No one would ever do subscription. Why would they do that? That's silly. Why would people pay a monthly fee? Welcome to episode 36 of The Great Fail, a podcast that examines the greatest success stories and their spectacular fails. What led to the demise of the most prolific people, brands, and companies. I'm your host, Deborah Chen, and this week we'll be looking at MoviePass. Mitch Lowe, CEO of MoviePass, was witnessing what he thought would be the future of his company, and it was looking pretty bright. After partnering with Ted Farnsworth, owner of data analytics company Helios, to acquire MoviePass, they devised a strategy to dramatically increase their subscription rates, scaling it to the wider masses by slashing its subscription fee by a whopping 80%. And boy, did it work. Within two months, the subscribers went from 20,000 to 600,000 before eventually hitting 1 million and then 3 million users. 
It seemed this decision, this leap of faith, was exactly what the company needed, putting MoviePass on the map, well suiting them to disrupt the entire industry. It seemed that nothing could get in their way from being a blockbuster success. Welcome to the story of MoviePass, premiering in 2011, rolling its own credits by 2019. What was the first movie you ever saw in a theater? For me, it was one of the Jaws movies. As a little girl in the early 80s, my first experience was at a movieplex in Queens, New York, and it was surreal and a bit traumatizing. The sight of limbs getting torn off by a great white wasn't really something you'd bring a kid to as their first movie, but it was the first time I'd ever seen anything on the big screen, and still, it was electrifying. There's something to be said about stepping into a theater, the enchanting smell of fresh buttered popcorn, the dark carpeting that pads the entire floors, the acoustics pounding in each individual theater, creating this intense, heightened experience. And for the moment, whoever you're with, friends, family, or a date, there's a special type of energy when people show up for an experience. To laugh, to be inspired, to fall in love, or find themselves at the edge of their seats. Film is a provocative medium. The lens lets you into someone else's world, providing perspective, inciting emotions, and inspiring empathy. People use movies as entertainment, as an escape, as emotional outlets, and even a bit of an education. And that two-hour runtime is an opportunity to enjoy something together and connect with each other. It's a profound experience that has a meaningful impact for so many people. One of these people is Stacy Spikes, a cinephile, a true lover of films, who sought to recreate and reinvent the way people watched movies. His answer was MoviePass. He was the founder and CEO of the company. So before we can get into the highly publicized failure of MoviePass, directed by its second CEO, Mitch Lowe, we need to hear about its earlier scenes, how it all got started. This is the story of how MoviePass went from a success story to a box office bomb. Back in 2011, Stacy Spikes, a former film marketing executive, had become an entrepreneur. He founded the Urban World Film Festival, which saw notable success. From his place inside the industry, he watched the emergence and boom of Netflix and Redbox. And he wanted to take things a bit further by challenging the traditional model of movie theaters. He wanted to create a platform that removed all the thought and planning around going to see a movie. The result? A subscription-based service that allowed people to see any movie they wanted at any theater at any time. All you needed was a smartphone and a monthly fee. 
Here, he talks about why the industry was ripe for his vision. Well, we had a few things going on in the industry that brought MoviePass to mind. One, clearly subscription. So you had Netflix and you had Hulu and you had Spotify and you had Pandora and these things were on the horizon. And I had founded Urban World, which is the largest minority festival in the world. And we were trying to figure out, was there a chance we could take the audience from Urban World and we had a really strong cult following there. And it was like, what if we took these people? And I did the back of the envelope math and it was a pretty small number of people that if you did a monthly subscription, you could put a movie in theaters in five markets and do kind of like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday showing. And those people could each come out and support independent cinema. So Sundance was running a series that had kind of a similar format, but they were just having people pay. And I thought, well, what if we did that as a subscription? And then one of the, when I was meeting with one of the exhibitors, he said, well, why not do it for the whole industry? And literally in that conversation, it was like, huh, yeah, why not? It turned out to be quite groundbreaking and pioneering, but despite his own certainty of this business model, Spikes was met with a lot of naysayers and spent the first several years building the business model and convincing industry executives to believe in his vision. From that point, it took five years of meeting with people and them saying, nah, no one would ever like literally the major exhibitors. They were like, no one would ever do subscription. Why would they do that? That's silly. Why would people pay a monthly fee? And I said, they pay it for the freedom. They pay it for the comfort of knowing if the movie was bad, you didn't feel like, oh, I paid for a bad movie. They all laughed me out of the room and were like, yeah, right. No one would ever do that. And then we got two investors who really understood the power of subscription and true ventures. And that was the beginning, and that's what started us off to creating the product. Despite the resistance, he quickly pushed forward and piloted the service in the Bay Area. And when 19,000 members signed up, Spikes knew that there was a strong enough allure and demand to go into beta testing on a national level. The price? Somewhere around $40 per month, depending on the location. It certainly shook up the industry, and here was the moment Spikes realized that his company was making real moves. I think the moment for me was, it was one of those days that you just were tired, exhausted, and beat up from the wars of entrepreneurship, and I decided it was like five or six in the afternoon, I'm going to go to a movie tonight. So I walk over through Washington Square Park, and I go over to Rico Union Square, and I kid you not, I'm in the lobby and they have a cache of the ticketing machines with like seven or eight of them and I pull out my card and I stood there and I watched every person coming up to the kiosk pulling out their movie passes and I wanted to weep because you just you're in this bubble and you're in this vacuum and you don't know if what you're doing is working and you think it is but the financials aren't there yet. And there it was, 
all of these people had the same idea I did, and they're showing up at this movie, and it's six o'clock on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and there they are pulling out their movie pass cards, and there they are getting the confessions, and then I sat in the theater, and this kid, he's right in front of me, and we had just introduced, because we were starting to deal with some people that were abusing it, we started to introduce the ticket verification system. So it would scan the ticket and then it would verify, okay, you, you really did go to the movie or you really did buy a movie ticket with it. And so this kid, the way the seats are staggered, I can see in between his seat and he's taking a picture of his movie ticket and he smiles at me and he says, are you Stacy Spikes? And I said, yeah. He goes, Man, I thought that was you. And then he says, I can't believe it. You know, I'm sitting in the theater with you and you did this. You went. And he's, the movie is starting and people are shushing him. <laughs> and that, that was, that was like the aha. That was the, okay, keep going. Yes, it's hard. Yes, everyone doubted you. Just keep going. And that was probably the biggest moment that it was irrefutable what we had achieved and saw the simplicity of it. And I never had it better. That was the best day of my life. Around 2016, MoviePass's success had caught the eye of businessman Ted Farnsworth, owner of data analytics company called Helios and Matheson Analytics. Farnsworth was this larger-than-life character with an illustrious past that had his hands in many types of businesses, most infamously a psychic hotline service, in your future. a digital crime mapping platform, and several energy drink companies. He's been sued a bunch of times, and according to an article from the Miami Herald, had registered 50 companies in his career, only four of which still remain. Farnsworth wanted in on MoviePass, and they laid out a few conditions for Helios to acquire the startup. So we had got approached to be purchased, and they were going to buy a majority share of the company. And and it was great. It was like we were going to get some hard-needed cash to start to really grow. I think, you know, we had several thousands of customers, but... It hadn't popped, you know, it was still, if you were a, a cinephile, you knew, and some, you know, diehards, but it hadn't popped, it hadn't gone mainstream. So we got this offer, and it was very attractive, and so it was like, okay. And part of the, the deal was, they wanted us to take the movie past public. They wanted us to drop the price down to $10 in order to help the growth be idea was let's add another hundred thousand customers into the pipeline. Part of the plan was to bring in Mitch Lowe as the new CEO. Lowe was a former executive at Netflix and president of Redbox. He promised to get MoviePass into the hands of the masses. And if anyone had the ability and clout to move the needle, it would be him. But what occurred next would soon become the kiss of death. This episode is brought to you by Ping Identity. Being in a time of extraordinary digitization, identity security is becoming more critical. If you're not an identity expert, 
That's okay, because we have Ping Identity, a leader and champion of enterprise identity security. And now Ping Identity is bringing you Hello User, an educational podcast that covers all things identity security. The podcast is hosted by Richard Bird, Chief Customer Information Officer at Ping Identity, and he's one of the most respected voices in the identity space. In each episode, Richard will welcome an expert to discuss why identity touches virtually every part of our lives and why we need to be informed. Topics like how identity theft victims can be made whole again, something that millions of Americans have grappled with. There are lessons, there are tools, and you'll learn how identity shapes your digital experiences. Check it out and listen at pingidentity.com forward slash podcasts or wherever you prefer to get your podcast. Seeing a massive opportunity ahead, Farnsworth and Lowe felt that what stood in the way of MoviePass becoming a massive success was the price point. The price was too high. They needed to go lower. So they decided to cut their fees down to $9.95 per month. To put that in context, Netflix at that time was charging around the same price for their old library of content, not new movie releases fresh off the press. So we agreed to drop the price to $10 from $30 just to get this bump. Well, we we hit 100,000 new customers in 48 hours. And I said, because knowing we're not going to make money on these customers, I said, great, we met the terms of the deal, turned it off. And the guy that we brought in as our CEO felt oh, this is great, let's keep going. Spike's pushback on the change in cost. No way can a fee like that support the growth of the company. It was a price point that would put the company under. But his objections were met with cinematic irreverence. Farnsworth ousted Spike's and they parted ways. Despite the internal turmoil, the plan worked like a charm initially. The company saw its subscription base soar within only a couple of months, hitting 2 million users by February of 2018. It was such a steal that it was hard to pass up. Except what many didn't know was that every time a user swiped their movie pass to see a film, the company had to pay $10 to the theater. If you saw one movie in a month, you already met the value of your pass two movies in a month, the company was now forking over a free movie ticket. MoviePass was losing money on every single transaction. You see, the new executives at MoviePass were banking on these passes to be like gym memberships, hoping that subscribers would show up but not use it regularly. And like gym memberships, the ones that don't show up would offset the ones that were working out regularly. But much to their chagrin, it turned out that people enjoyed going to the movies a lot more than they did going for a workout. But for Lowe and Farnsworth and Helio, it wasn't about the profits. They were reaching for something bigger. It was about accumulating millions of users and the data analytics that track these users. Then they could sell advertising on these users, kind of like what Facebook and Google are doing. 
nothing to do with improving the theater experience for movie lovers. And they were planning an empire. They launched divisions like MoviePass Films that would produce original movies and MoviePass Ventures that would acquire films and distributors. They were diving into co-owning other films, one of them being Gotti, the story of John Gotti starring John Travolta, which actually earned MoviePass the unenviable position of a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Even that blow didn't stop the executives from hobnobbing with the Hollywood crowd and hosting events at Coachella. I think they did Burning Man or Coachella, one of them, and I thought, what does that have to do with the movie industry? You know, expensive parties, helicopter rides, you know, the Gotti premiere and the Cannes. So I think it was all wonderful, but if you're losing money on your customer base, how are you going to spend it on parties? That part didn't make a lot of sense. To no one's surprise, it wouldn't be long before the company executives realized that they can no longer support the massive number of subscribers they've gained. There were glitches. There was an influx of moviegoers, logistical errors, movie pass card shipments didn't arrive on time, customer service was inundated, and some subscribers were watching multiple movies a day, which left the company hemorrhaging $20 million a month. The company got desperate. They created blackouts on specific movies. They tried to increase the fee, creating price tiers. They added surge pricing, which means you might show up at the ticketing booth only to realize that the blockbuster movie you want to watch is priced differently than the other films that have been out for a few weeks. This wasn't appealing to their customers, and those who tried canceling the service had trouble doing so. Some reported they were even re-enrolled into another MoviePass pricing tier. By 2019, seeing the unpopularity of the pricing tiers driving away subscribers, MoviePass went back to its unlimited plan, except with all these restrictions and rules flip-flopping back and forth between what to do with their pricing model. Amid the confusion, there were questions on whether the company was a joke or even a scam. People were encouraged to make the most out of their memberships while there was still money in the coffers to pay for tickets. Each time the company had a crisis or changed their model, it made headlines in tech and entertainment outlets. It seemed that the too-good-to-be-true production would end up in a flop. In 2019, during the July 4th weekend, one of the biggest weekends for box office, MoviePass suspended its service and put out a statement that they were working on improving and enhancing their technology platform, which was in their final stages of completion. But less than two months later, the company announced that it was officially shutting down its operations. The culmination of much speculation, bewilderment, controversy, and anticipation. MoviePass ultimately couldn't measure up to the excitement it had generated. An ill-fated production. So what were the lessons here? I think the biggest thing that I learned was I'd rather fail and have stuck to delivering 
a really true promising brand than to try and succeed through ill-gotten gains. It reinforced the importance of ethics in a business. How many times have we seen empires fall because a CEO does something stupid or tries to get there quick or tries to take shortcuts or tries to compromise on quality and something breaks or someone gets hurt or someone gets sick or ill. And I think the biggest thing I've learned is stick to what you know is right in your heart, even if you're going to fail. And if I had to ever say to someone in business school or a student or someone who's, who's an entrepreneur, you saw this with Steve Jobs where he had this idea about what a computer could be like and do and wasn't willing to compromise on that. And I think that when there's an idea in your soul burning, chase it and the universe will bend around you and the money will come. In March of 2021, the website Movie Past Adventures was updated with a countdown clock and a message that said the movie is about to start, leaving many to wonder and speculate whether Movie Past was making a comeback. They created it like a Movie Past site and they just put a countdown clock. And people on Reddit were losing their mind saying, "Is Movie Past coming back?" And the hope of even the brand returning is still there that meant you did something right you know that meant you did it right you did it the right way even if you had failed even if you didn't succeed even if you didn't become the super household brand you built something that was right Special thanks to Stacy Spikes for his contributions to this episode and sharing his story on the beloved company Movie Pass. And thank you for tuning in to this week's The Great Fail. Please make sure to visit our website at thegreatfail.com for behind the scene audio and video footage. If you like these episodes and want us to continue bringing you more, please subscribe to our newsletter because well, not connecting with you would be our great fail. While you're at it, simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out too. The research on each episode is extensive, but none of them would be possible without the tireless efforts of researchers, writers, and reporters. They are all credited on thegreatfail.com under our show notes. Lastly, you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Great Fail Pod, and please subscribe, rate, review this podcast on iTunes to show your support. We'll be back in 2 weeks with a brand new episode. And remember folks, with great failure comes great liability. I must confess, I did what I did now my life's a mess. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.